Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. We're going to wrap up this series, but this time for reals. I said that last week, uh, but then when I thought about it, as I was preparing for the next series, I said, you know what, there's one message that I really feel God is putting on my heart to share with all of you in regards to this Fresh Start series. And it's on the subject of redemption. And there's such a great redemption story in the scriptures that I wanted to share with you. And it's a story of Samson. And Samson was set apart from birth so that he would be a prophet, a judge, and in many ways, he would be the the voice and the heart of God protecting his people from their enemies. And so an angel of the Lord appeared to Samson's parents and told them that they had to be different in the way that they were going to raise this son. That this son would be different than other sons that had been born in their tribe before. That he would be set apart with a set of vows. And these vows would be the vows that he would have to maintain the rest of his life so that God would bless him and through him his people. And so his parents did what they were supposed to do, and they imparted all of this information to their son. And they made it clear who he was to be and and who he had been called to even become. And everything that they did was now come to an end, and Samson had to now lead his own life. And I think there's a moment for all of us when we feel like we're ready to set off on our own. We're ready to do our own thing, be our own person, live our own life. And the things that had been imparted to us, those things, we take them into consideration, but they are maybe no longer the boundaries by which we live our lives. They're no longer the set of instructions by which we decide how we are going to make decisions in the day-to-day. And so we take the opportunity with this newfound freedom to set our own course, to lay out our own path, to make our own decisions, to choose our own friends and be in the relationships that we want to be in. And Samson never experienced what it was like to not have God with him. That even when he was making poor decisions, And even when he was selecting the wrong relationships, God's power, when Samson 
called upon God to intervene, God always did. And so Samson got into the pattern and habit in his life that he could keep testing God, pushing the boundaries, living the way that he wanted, but still love God and be obedient to him when it came to fighting Israel's enemies. And so Samson went out into the world with an invisible armor. An armor that no one could physically see on him, but an armor that was always on him. And no one could understand where the power and the strength was coming to defeat his enemies the way that he would do it. It didn't matter how many there were or what he had or didn't have at his disposal. He was always able to win. And it didn't make sense to those around him. And everyone tried to get to his secret. And so they inserted a woman into his life by the name of Delilah. And this woman was being paid as a spy to be in Samson's life and to make sure that he would eventually divulge his secret of what gave him this power what gave him this strength and how he was always able to defeat his enemies. Without realizing it, Samson was sleeping with the enemy. And he didn't see all that was planned and schemed and orchestrated to bring him down. And the scriptures tell us that eventually that's exactly what happens. Samson is defeated. And in Judges 16, in verse 23, we see that the Philistine rulers held a great festival and they were offering sacrifices and they were praising their God, Dagon. And they said, our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. And when the people saw him, they praised their God saying, our God has delivered our enemy to us. The one <clears throat> who killed so many of us is now in our power. And now the people, half drunk by now, demanded, bring out Samson so that he can amuse us. And so he was brought from the prison to amuse them and they had him stand between the pillars and they were supporting the roof. And Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple and I want to rest against them. And now the temple was completely filled with people and all the Philistine rulers were there and there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. And then Samson prayed to the Lord this prayer. 
He said, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. And then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple and pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. And so he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. In the passage that we just read, we see the destruction, but we also see the redemption of a life. We see what happens when we take God for granted and we take the power that he has given us and the armor that he has put on us and we live our life believing that we cannot be touched. And we make assumptions about what that looks like for each of us through the decisions that we make without realizing that each one of those decisions is leading us further and further from the very power and armor that is enabling us to live victorious. And as Samson didn't notice it leaving him, so too it is true with us. And so we are going to now revisit the story, but we're going to do it now in reverse. You see, in Judges 16, verse 15 and 16, it says that Delilah pouts, how can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You've made fun of me three times now, and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. And she tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. And the scriptures show us in this passage that Samson, so full of the spirit, is slowly being worn down. And when you think that you are resisting the enemy, what you don't understand about the enemy is that the enemy never, ever gives up on bringing you down. That for every time you resist, the enemy just digs in and goes further and further and is willing to go longer and longer and is willing to do more and more each and every time that it is required. The nagging that we see here isn't a woman nagging a man in the way that we would understand it, but it is a woman determined to defeat her enemy. She has a mission. That mission is to destroy Samson, who's been destroying her people. She doesn't love Samson. Samson has somehow fallen in love with her. But what is happening in this story is that instead of Samson staying in love with God, he is choosing someone else to share his secrets with. 
and put his trust in and rely on and depend on for his future. And the moment that we do that without realizing it, in incremental steps, we are being worn down until we finally give in. And what happens in the story is that on three different occasions, Samson tells her something that's going to take away his strength, but each one of those things was not true. And amazingly, every time the Philistines show up based on his instructions of how he should be tied up and what should be done with his hair, that all of a sudden... He is able to break free each time, and yet each time Samson does the unthinkable, he goes back into the arms of Delilah. And we've done this. We've been there. We've seen ourselves do the very thing that we know is ultimately bringing about our own destruction. We know what it looks like to give in and essentially to give up into what we believe are our just passions and desires and, and ultimately our decisions, which we feel in the moment they're just better to live with than to live without. We've all been there, we've all done this, but what we don't understand is that we can be so full of the Holy Spirit when this happens that the Holy Spirit can't be taken out of us all at once. And so the enemy comes and just takes it out a bit at a time. And I wonder, where is it in my life that I am leaking the Holy Spirit the way that we can sometimes leak air? and no longer hold our original form and purpose. And it's so true that in the story, that in verses 17 and 19, finally we see that Samson shares his secret with her, and then he just lets it out. And I think there's a moment in which we just become so worn down and so vulnerable, but more importantly, we are so emptied of the one thing that holds us strong, which is the presence of God, that we are willing to go the whole way when before we were still resisting it, most of it. We're giving in now, and the reason we're giving in is because there's nothing left to fight. The spirit is gone, the armor is gone, and now Samson gives up his secret. And he says, my hair has never been cut, for I have dedicated myself to God as a Nazareth from birth, and if my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as anyone else. And the moment that he says this, look at what happens next. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. And in this way, she began to bring him down and his strength left him. That's something. It didn't happen all at once, did it? happened over a period of time. And that's the way the enemy works. That's what he does. And this is how he does it. This is what he tries to do with all of us. And I'm wondering, are we ignorant to the schemes and to the activities of the enemy in our own life right now? 
Are, are we like somehow just so enamored with ourselves, our decisions, the person we're with, the choices we're making, the path that we're on, the journey that we've taken, the destination that we believe is ultimately where we are supposed to end up, that we just are willing to give it all away. And I don't think that if you were brought to your senses in a moment in which you were at your weakest, that you would possibly, most probably not even have the strength to say, I do not have it in me to resist anymore. Because that's exactly what happened to Samson. So Samson shares his secret And he shares his life purpose, but look at this. He does it with the wrong one. And and I, I, I believe that God has someone for all of us. I truly do believe that. I also believe that God has someone that we have to be willing to wait for when God brings that person into our life. That if we do not wait the way that God has instructed us to wait and we try to bring this in by our own means or by their own insistence, then in that moment you have to understand that there are two things that are at work here. One, this person wants this more than me. There's a reason for that. Two, I want this more than them. There is a reason for that. And I tell you that any time you see in the scriptures any one of those two things happening, it is never God in the midst of it. But when you are brought together... God's way, there is this connection that happens, and it happens because, not because you forced it, and not because someone else insisted on it, but because God's plan has brought you together. And sometimes that plan comes about in the most unexpected of ways. It comes in a way that you never would have prepared yourself for. I went to high school with my wife, and I never noticed her. I left Montreal. I went to Italy, studied theology. I met a girl there. I was engaged to be married. I pastored in Italy. I pastored in Boston. Through a series of circumstances, my mom got sick. I decided to come back to Montreal to be home and to help my parents. I thought this would be one of the opportunities there. At that same time, I had an opportunity to pastor in New York and in Philadelphia, and all these things were happening. And during this season of my life where things were so confusing and I was torn in pieces, literally, between people and cities and churches and opportunities, I made the decision that unless God made it abundantly clear, I would not make a decision because I knew that I could not trust my heart. 
everything in my life was teaching me and telling me that there was a better opportunity here and there was a lot of pressure for there. But none of it would sit right with me when I was alone and it was just me and God trying to figure this out. And I knew that if I had listened to the pressures that were around me and were coming at me, that would make the wrong decision. I would make the wrong choice. And so the relationship in Italy ended. I didn't go back to Boston. I did not take the positions available to me in Philadelphia and in New York, and I stayed in Montreal instead. And every day I wondered if I had made the right decision. And during this time, I'm single again and single for several years, and, and I get asked to do a retreat for young adults at a ski hill in Vermont. And there, for the first time, I really saw my wife. And then I understood. This is why I had stayed. And from that moment, it took several more years before I even had the courage to ask her out. Because it's always weird when a pastor asks out somebody in their church. <laughs> it's just wrong. It's just... It's not just weird, it's just wrong. So you don't do it. And so I just didn't do it. And until finally I just realized that I had to do it. It was like I, I couldn't hold back anymore. And so when I, when I finally did that, she said, this is really weird. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> and it's been weird ever since. And so... <laughs> Let's continue with Samson. Because <laughs> it doesn't get weirder than this. Um, but, but in Samson's life, we see that he's so full of the Holy Spirit, but he's slowly being worn down. He shares his secret and his life purpose with the wrong person. And that leads to him being blinded. It's not by coincidence. Not only, not only do they arrest him in prison, but they blind him. They torture him. They make sure that he could never see again. And, and I, I look at that and I say, that's not a coincidence because he had already been spiritually blinded. And sometimes we're spiritually blinded way before we're physically blinded. We don't see what's right in front of us. And he couldn't see what was right in front of him. And he was missing out on what he was supposed to be doing. And he didn't wait for who God would bring into his life. And so the Philistines brought someone instead. And you see, this is what you have to remember. That, 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 if, that if God, if you don't wait for God to fill the vacancies in your life... The enemy will always fill them for him. We have to let God fill the vacancies. Otherwise, the devil will. And, and every opportunity that we take to be for God is, is an opportunity that we have to experience what God wants to bring into our life. 
And it's better to wait and, and, and possibly get it wrong than, than to act and, and get it wrong. Honestly, I, I, I've seen people act saying, you know, I have to just make a move. No, you need to wait on the Lord. No, I just got to step out in faith. No, you got to find a room, lock yourself in there. And pray. And, and don't get out of that room until God makes it clear what your next step is. See, we, we always think faith as an excuse for us acting rebelliously. It is not faith, it's rebellion when we move without God. Now, even when God gave Moses the opportunity to move without him, and he said, I'm still going to fulfill my promise, Moses said, I'm not going anywhere unless you come with me. And that's when you see that, that Moses cared more about his relationship with God than he cared about the destination. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of people in this room where we care more about the destination than the relationship with God. We care way more about the outcome than we do about what it looks like to be obedient to him. And I'm telling you that Samson was doing exactly that. He was experiencing victory after victory, so he wasn't paying attention to the spiritual life, you know, because he kept, he kept winning. You know, when you're winning, when you're winning, it, it, it's hard to, to, to see yourself as the loser that you really are. Right? I, I've been in that position where I was winning, but I was actually losing. I was, I was not a winner. I was a loser. Except, except everything around me was telling me that I was winning, but I wasn't. And, and by the time Samson figures this out, his hair's cut, he's in prison, he's been tortured, and his eyes have been taken from him. And the Bible tells us in verse 20 that he cries out. There's, there's, a, there's a cry out, and, and the crying out is, isn't done by Samson here. It's, it's Delilah. And she says, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And when he woke up, look at this. This is how deluded he was. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before, and I will just shake myself free. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. Come on. Come on. Come on. He just thought it was just going to be another day. Another day like all the other days before. Another opportunity for him to show everyone what a winner he was. How he was going to be victorious. How he had this. How he got this. How there's no one who can touch that. Nothing can happen to him. No one could touch this. But what happened instead is that the Lord had left him and he was completely vulnerable to what Satan had for him next. Samson got up to fight believing that nothing had changed. Have you ever had your behind handed to you in a spiritual battle? It happened to the disciples when Jesus 
was sending them out and he was saying, you can do anything in my name. And there were people who thought that the name of Jesus was going to be enough without the relationship. They thought it was going to be enough to know the name of Jesus and go into battle against demonic forces and believe that they would come out winners. Instead, they didn't realize, but Jesus was in the background saying, I don't know these dudes. <laughs> they know the brand. They wear the brand right. They look good with the brand on, but they ain't affiliated with me. These guys are rogue. They're on their own. They are not with me. So you can go ahead and kick their behinds. And the demons did exactly that. Because they thought it was enough to know and not to be. And what we often expect is a blessing in our lives just because we know. Knowing doesn't bring the blessing. Being is the blessing. And what Jesus wants is for us to learn from Samson, not fall into the same trap. And so Samson, who was once so full of the Spirit, didn't even realize, recognize when it was finally gone. And in Judges 16.22, look at what happens next. But before long, look at this. I love it because this is the redemption part of the story. But before long, his hair began to grow back. Wow. And you see, what's happening is that this is not just a story of one man's coiffure, right? <laughs> this is not important. The length of his hair is nothing. It's not that. But it's the fact what it represents, right? And so when the hair was growing back, I want you to understand that redemption was coming back. The presence of God was coming back. The power of his presence was working in Samson. And as he had to walk around the mill, grinding the grain in the prison every day, no one paid attention to the fact that his hair was starting to grow again. And with each day that it grew, with each moment that it got longer, God's presence was getting stronger in Samson's life until it got to the point where God creates and orchestrates the moment in which Samson can redeem himself. And I'm telling you that a lot of our lives look just like this. They start off right, we do a lot of wasting it in the middle, and then at the end we figure things out and we do better. Anybody else? <laughs> Yeah, so, so this is what's happening to Samson. And now that he's like figuring things out, he's realizing that it doesn't matter if he lives or dies, but he just wants to die, making sure that his enemies defeated. 
because that was his calling, that was his purpose. He knew that he had to have been a judge and a protector of his people, and he failed him in that. And for years, as he languished in that prison, and as he, the name of God was being mocked, and the name of a false god named Dagon was being praised, he realized that all of this was because of him. All of this happened because he just couldn't see even when his eyes were still in his head. And so when the passage that we can finally rejoice with, kind of like that movie that shows you just a little bit of glimmer of hope, and you get excited because you see that maybe this is where the comeback happens. And that's what this verse, well-placed, does. But before long, his hair began to grow back in prison, blind and humiliated, yet there was hope. Can we all cheer to that? And there was hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like for you, for you. And yet his hair grew back and there was hope. There was hope. So no matter what's happened, no matter what you've been through, no matter what's been taken from you, do you get this? When the Holy Spirit comes back and the Holy Spirit starts to increase in our life and gives us back our strength and our invisible armor, then all of a sudden we have our purpose and our power back to do incredible things in his name. In verse 30, it says that he prayed. And he says these things. He says, you know, let me die. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers. In the temple, all the people died. He killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. Now, that verse is like, it's cool, but it's super sad, right? Because, like, you get it. It never had to get to that. God wanted Samson to die like a natural death, like everybody else, you know, on the couch watching TV. Like, that's what you probably envisioned for him, you know? But, but instead, he dies a very different death. And, and the death that he dies is all because he realizes the missteps and the mistakes that led him to this point. But look at how God still is able to not only redeem him, but redeem the story. And you know that if we ever wonder, like, what happened to to Samson? Is this the end of the story? Well, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that he is recognized as one of the heroes of the faith. So we know that God, like, enthrones him in, in, in this redemption forever. We're still talking about Samson because... He didn't live well, but, but he died well. He died for a purpose that, that could have been avoided, but one that gave him back his glory and his honor and the respect in his people's eyes. And for all the lives that had been lost during the time that he had been captured and imprisoned, the Bible says that it makes it clear he killed more people on that day than on any day that he was alive. 
And that tells me something really important for all of us, and that is that God is always able to make up lost time. He is always able to make up squandered opportunities. He's able to take that which is wasted and what we think is lost and redeem it and bring it back and do it all at once. Can we say amen to that? Woo! Come on. Yes. That's what he does. And, and I'm so blessed to be able to share this with you today because the question I have for you at the end here is, where do we find ourselves in our relationship with God? I, I want you to pay attention to where it is that you may be leaking the Holy Spirit. I, I want to ask you another question. Where are the signs that maybe the Holy Spirit is leaving you? Where are they in your life right now that you don't maybe pay attention enough to, but you're not noticing it, but every day that you decide to do the opposite of what he's asking you to do, that the Holy Spirit is just leaving you just a little bit at a time. And here's the last thing. It is never too late for any of us to turn back to God and experience redemption right now. And that is not a question, that is a statement. That is a truth that we can truly, truly embrace. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. And let's... We'll wrap this up. Would you stand with me? And we're going to just close in a word of prayer. And I want you to just, you know, in your own mind, in your own heart, in your own thoughts, um, just come before God and just say, God... You know, I, I, I want to have a, a deep and meaningful relationship with you. I, I, I want you to stop the leaking in my life. <laughs> I want you to not allow for the Holy Spirit to escape me anymore. And I want you to turn my life and my story into a redemption story right now. So, Father, I want to thank you for every person that is here, for the great things that you have done in them and through the mistakes and through the lessons and through the hard learnings and through the, through the brokenness and the things that have been lost and wasted. And, and I look to each and every one of us, myself included, and I say, thank you, God, that we are all redemption stories. Thank you that this is a moment in which we can come back to you that we can give ourselves to you, that we don't have to give in to the schemes of the enemy. Lord, we can trust you, that we can believe in you, that we can emphatically just put our faith in you fully right now and ask that your presence, your spirit would increase in each of us. And as you would do that, Lord, that you would cover us with your armor that gives us victory in the battle. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. 
Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.